Hey everyone, just a quick word before this week's episode. Uh, on the same day this episode released, that it will be Friday, uh, that'll be Friday, June the 17th, I'm going to be starting to do a giveaway uh, to commemorate one year of the podcast and over 300 followers on Twitter. The giveaway is going to be structured for three winners. First place is going to be getting foil gilded versions of Cormella, Glamour Thief, and Mr. Orpheal the Boulder, and a foil D&D artwork style of Barrowin of Clan Under. Second place winner is going to be getting alt art versions of, again, Mr. Orpheal the Boulder, Agar the Freezing Flame, and Maja Bredegard Protector, if anyone remembers the Kaldheim frames. And finally... Uh, third place person will get regular foil versions of Quintorius, Field Historian, Killian, Ink Duelist, and Quasa, Augur of Agonies. Uh, these are some of my favorite uncommon legendary creatures of the last few years. I think a lot of them are mechanically interesting and also just really accessible. And I hope these uh, these uh, possible winnings are appealing to you. So if you go over to the Twitter link in the description I'm going to be posting and talking about, well, you'll see the video, uh, but details are, if you like and, f uh, you don't have to follow, you do not have to follow me on Twitter, if it's possible, just like and retweet uh, the video um, post, uh, the giveaway post, and in the comments, uh, if you can comment about your favorite uncommon legendary creature that's been appealing to you, or one that you've had a history of playing, and maybe if that's not your thing, maybe what was your favorite episode from the podcast? Or maybe what was your favorite guest? I'd really like to know what people think. But with that being said, we're going to go on to the episode with Jank Lord Joe, and I hope you enjoy the episode. That being said, that being said, though, I cannot get over just the two second preview clip uh, of just John going like, I will go first! And it's just, yes. that energy, that fucking energy is just so hilarious. I yes, uh, that's the whole episode. It felt so unreal to actually, like, be in the studio and film in person together. I'm so excited for that episode to come out. This is season motherfucking two. Welcome to another episode of the Uncommon Commander Podcast, where myself and other guests talk about our favorite uncommon legendary creatures to run as commanders. My name is Cole. I don't say that enough, but I think I should probably start doing that. My name is Cole. I'm the host. And today, from Quest for the Jank Lord, I have Joe. Joe, how are you doing today? Excellent. Thank you for having me on. I'm glad. Um, Joe, for those who are unfamiliar with Quest for the Jank Lord, uh, who are you as, as part of the show, and, and what is Quest for the Jank Lord? So, uh, Quest for the Jank Lord is a uh, kind of a Rocky Horror Picture Show take on uh, magic in general. So, we have little skets and goofs, and the premise is we signed a, a deal with a demon, a specific demon from MTG Lore, and... Uh, we were promised unlimited booster packs, uh, but it turns out they were just Fallen Empires, which now Fallen Empires is really expensive. But when we started, <laughs> it was the cheapest, most useless set of cards you could purchase packs from. <laughs> so we might have to change things up, but that is the premise of our show. We do uh, budget commander gameplay and all sorts of goofy variants on the format of commander. So um, check us out. If you haven't, we're on YouTube at uh, quest for the jank Lord. And yeah, it's a goofy, wacky, funny, fun time. And it's for any and all players at all skill levels. And uh, I, I, I would like to point out uh, the, the recent two second clip uh, that, that was just teased of, of uh, another, member of the show John just, just I, I cannot deliver it perfectly because the who can capture that energy just I will go it's, first I will first it's just yeah. so fucking perfect so I'm looking forward to seeing that episode um but we are going to be talking about 
the first and this will be the first for for the for the episode or for the episodes period uh the first blue green legendary creature uh on the podcast we're going to be talking about and i'm probably going to horribly mispronounce this morit or morite or morit morit of of the frost back from call time which is a fantastic flipping set um but we got a five mana zero zero shapeshifter that's also a snow creature uh that yes. has changeling and you may have Marie of the frost enter the battlefield as a copy of a permanent you control, except it's legendary and snow in addition to its other types. And if a creature, if it's a creature, it enters with a two additional plus one counters on enhanced changeling. So that is deceptively powerful. And I got to admit, I have a deck that I have on my shelf that I've had shelved for probably more than a year now because I'm not quite sure what to do with it yet. But of rereading it now, seeing it become a copy of any permanent is actually really cool but joe what what do you think you would like to do with marita frost so uh i mentioned this before the we started recording but i have had marit sitting morite moriti we're gonna be doing uh, this sitting whole on <laughs> <laughs> sitting on my desk just like accumulating changeling cards and uh I first of all I chose Marit because we'll touch on this later too but changeling is not too unique for blue green creatures but typically it's not the focus like you you look at a lot of legends and they all have to do with with lands and drawing cards and putting and lands it, into play and exactly yeah we've seen numerous commanders with that style of effect um, but I like Marit, Marite, because it kind of is not your conventional Simic commander. Uh, it's just, it's wonderfully goofy. Um, I, the deck I'm planning to build is a, uh, Lords Changeling deck. Um, so Lords that basically are plus one plus one or give flying or anything like that like that's the whole point of the deck it's just changeling and shapeshifter and copy effects uh and it's not gonna be very high powered but it's gonna be very high fun and that is that's the the byline that's how i'm gonna promote this deck of mine not very high powered but very high fun yeah so one of the things that i i i have been dreading talking about Simic on the podcast especially um the list of uncommon legendary creatures that are exclusively in Simic's colors uh we only have seven of them and of the seven of them i would say that uh tatiova benthic Druid and zamone quantrix prodigy and gretchen titchwillow are quote-unquote, like, your bog standard Simic legend that does the thing that Simic does, in which case, drawing cards to some capacity, putting lands into play some capacity, or caring about lands entering play. Um, yes. And even Emoti, uh, Celebrant of Bounty, being this, like, very strange 5-mana 3-1 with Cascade tied to it, and spells you cast I love, with... I love Emoti. Like, yes. Emoti is super cool, don't get me wrong. I would consider this sort of still kind of samey because it's still focused on getting that high mana value. Like, yeah, this is the six ball. Like I, I had a friend on the last episode who talked about an old, old decks of his back like 10 years ago where he's just like, yeah, I just played like six bomb tribal, like six mana value bomb tribal. I'm like, that was the deck that you wanted to be blue green back 10 years ago. And it was, yes. you know, because you wanted to be able to keep churning out all this value. Um, but recently, at least within the last couple years or so, in between all these creatures, uh, we have the likes of Eutropia the Twice Favored from uh, Fate, not Fate Reforged, that's the completely wrong set. Um, what was that? Th uh, Theros, Beyond, um, Theros Beyond Death. There it is. Uh, yes. of the Frost being from Call Time, which is a sweet this set. And then recently, Corlesa Skittlesinger from uh commander legends battle for yes. Gate. because while 
Corlesa, like this, and this is the thing, like Corlesa focusing on dragons now with the abundance of like they're essentially dragonborn creatures of lower mana value. Yes, you can yes. now have a, a a tribal deck that has creatures that mana values range from two to three to like seven or eight, and 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 still have like this weird like future sight for dragons effect that still stands out from its contemporaries in a very refreshing way. And Marit also, I feel, along like with Eutropia, fits into that niche of like, you know what? Marit cares about plus one counters if it becomes a creature. That's cool, but it also becomes a copy of any permanent or creature that you have in yes. play. And that, that, I feel, like has a lot of potential of doubling down on certain effects that you want. Um... Like for I like, like copying, so I want to. Yeah, I just want to like so. Marit is two green and two blue pips for a it's zero one, zero change it's, line. It's one green and two blue for pips. One green and two blue. Yes, I apologize, but two generic, one green and two blue. Yes, so five total for zero zero, and you may have it enter the battlefield as a copy of any permanent you control, except it's legendary and snow in addition to its other types. And if it's a creature, it enters with two additional 1-1 counters on it and has changeling. So, I think that the real sleeper part of this uncommon legend is that it's a snow permanent. And I love I love that Kaldheim focused on, on snow. And so this is also what the deck is trying to do, is do snow payoffs. Um, and in budget and in green and blue, admittedly, the, the number of snow payoffs shrinks, but there's one card in particular <laughs> that one, is budget. I, I'm thinking about it, but I, I hope I'm right. But, but what is the card? Yes. The card is a one and blue enchantment called Merit Lodge's Slumber. Slumber yes. Yes. <laughs> Modern yes. Horizons was a mistake, but not for this card. <laughs> not for this card and it is still budget it's uh it's, it's I, I i'm looking at it right now granted like canadian american prices aside yes i'm looking like i'm just on edh rec now it looks like it's like averaging 50 to 75 cents give or take yep, that's what i'm seeing as well uh market for tcg player is at 52 and i'm sure you could get it much much cheaper um but this rare <laughs> At the beginning of your upkeep, if you control... So first of all, when it enters or another snow permanent enters the battlefield under your control, scry one. Uh, but it also has, at the beginning of your upkeep, if you control 10 or more snow permanents, sacrifice Merit Lodge's slumber. If you do, create a Merit Lodge, a legendary 2020 black avatar creature token with flying and indestructible. I think, arguably, this is so much easier to achieve Merit Lodge with than Dark Depths but much less resilient than a land. Uh, so that is the downside. But for two mana, it is such a cool little enchantment. I, re like. I, I, I can't remember the timing, because I'm pretty sure it happened after uh, call time. I mean, it's been a couple years now, but like seeing snow, like like blue-green be like more or less like the snow thing, like snow in general, blue-green kind of being dedicated to like changelings mm -hmm. and snow stuff. And then Mer Merit Lodge's Slumber being, like, this, like, very niche enchantment. Where, like, what would you do with this? And it's like, I'm gonna put that in a, Mer in, in a Marit of the Frost deck to make a giant Merit Lage. Which, yes. like, yes, like, that is, that is the payoff that I want in my commander decks. And, and you know, oh, when man. you copy, when you copy, you can have cards that copy and take away Legendary. <laughs> Oh boy, I wonder what could possibly do something like that. Like possibly a Sakashima? Whoa. Oh, yes, or a Spark Double. Or a Spark yes. Double. Or uh I, I believe we recently printed in Neon Dynasty, uh Mirror Box. Yes. Which uh oh my hey, goodness. what's better than one Merit Lodge? Two. <laughs> Two? Yeah. Yeah. Seems uh. pretty good. Seems qu quite quite strong as a matter of fact. But like this is like this is the 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 this is something that I, I noted had come up at least within the last few years of 
the more abundant design in uncommon rarities for for legendary creatures is that we're starting to really hit like these really cool niche like things that have always existed in magic's history but like no one was able to really tap into with the quote-unquote mm-hmm. right creature but like morit is that creature where you're like okay so i have i have green and blue okay that might be come across as kind of boring clones clones can be fun whether that means like you just clone your stuff you piggyback clone up, other people's clone stuff. other people's stuff yeah. like piggybacking off of other people's always super cool and also having like this really cool snow sub theme which like you're like oh i don't need to just like be able to bank off my own snow lands my snow basics for uh, extra planner lens or something like I can actually have a focus and an end goal that cares about snow permanence, and one way to do that is by <laughs> Merit, Merit Leisure's Slumber that just makes a giant fuck off 2020, mm-hmm. which is absolutely a cool payoff and exactly what I love to see at a commander table. I Yeah, exactly. It, and even going back to Ice, Ice Age, when a lot of these things uh, came out, um... Like, there's just, it's such a fun, goofy thing. And the effects are so middling. Like, in large part, it's like, oh, cool. It, it gains protection from everything but snow, right? Right? Like, it's not necessarily the most rewarding mechanic to to build around but i think there's so many fun things you can do and for me i far prefer having like a goofy bit of fun as opposed to a like a hardcore strategy i don't need to build around i'm so bad at building win cons into my deck i mean obviously (laughs) (laughs) like marilage yeah of course that's devastating right if it happens, who's likely to let that enchantment sit on the board into my next upkeep? Like, well, that's... well, and not only that, you're like, it, it is a very openly telegraphed, like, I need to get to 10 counters on this thing before anything happens, and then yes. I need to get my upkeep. And then everyone's like, well, I could just blow it up. And then you're like, yes, you could just blow it up. Yeah, yes. Uh, yes. And, and, yeah. and, and, and like, um, uh, you know okay twitter twitter discussions and and online discussions and like discords and reddit and whatever other forums that there have to be like yes the discussion of commander is like well why would you play something as inefficient as as marilage's slumber and it's like because if i get to do it it's like doing your own magic the gathering um uh bucket list of just yeah, like exactly. I want to be able to do this thing not only just once. If I get to do it even twice, that is like a fa- a fantastic personal goal to achieve in a commander game, especially because like people, uh, regardless of like power levels or your dedicated pods or like uh, a community, people are going to come up with like some really cool off the wall combination of things. You're like I have never seen these cards played in this way before. I am very intrigued. And it did take you a bit of time to get there, so I'm very interested to see if this is something that's I can par- I can replicate that you can do again. Like, yes, it's just it's so cool to see these there are achievements. So many cards that are like more more right more eat that are slept on because they're not the most efficient, and even though every set introduces dozens of new legendary creatures at uncommon at rare at mythic at every single level they are just like derivations on the same type of effect and i don't mean to say it's bad to build around these these awesome you know legendary creatures that's that's not a bad thing that's totally cool i just think there's a lot of fun to be had in less efficient, more dopey, like, I built this because I thought it would be fun. I'm not doing it because I'm going to sit down at a, a a table and, like, win. I mean, yeah, a 2020 Flying Indestructible is awesome, 
but it's not unbeatable. Like even if this thing resolves, it can be path, right? Like it's or I, I, I or think the, uh, the, the the recent skit that the command zone just did for the uh, Battle for Baldur's Gate episode, they're like, "Hey, isn't a god indestructible?" And they like have to exile or, or or whatever, and then like the god the the god was done. It's like. Yeah, that is just a, a a reality of the game design space that we're currently in right now, where it's just like, I got a big scary 2020 with flying. Does it have trample? No? Well, I block no. that all day. Okay. <laughs> all right, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll throw my 1-1 one, one seagull in front yeah, of exactly. it. Yeah, like... exactly. I put my storm crow in front of it or something, and it just goes, Aah! Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. All right, block of mold drifter. Okay, cool. I just, yeah. But but this is kind of a larger theme of of like what I, I don't know about you but for me personally i don't necessarily build the most efficient deck oh i don't i i definitely do not when i'm playing i like try to do the one thing that i built the deck around which is like changeling and snow winning is a bonus and, and that's a cool little kicker but Sometimes I'll get to the end, like I'll have achieved everything I wanted to with the deck. You know, I did my little combo. I have a um uh a, a rhino shrino deck, I call it, because it's blinking siege rhino and shrines. <laughs> like, oh my oh my god, yes. <laughs> it's it's really bad, but it's so fun when I get the payoff of blinking siege rhino, like that is such an inefficient way to win. Gotta, gotta, lo- gotta. You have to live the old days of Cons of Tarkir standard, where Siege Rhino was king. Yes, where there had never been a creature like Siege Rhino. That's and, uh, Siege Rhino. Uh, what a yeah. what a card. We could have made that, it a four four. No, no, one no. More, one more toughness. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but my point being that I like fun more than i prioritize winning i'm not saying everyone has to be like that but i think in this uncommon space specifically for commander i have more fun with with like battle cruiser dopey decks than i do with you know two card infinite combos or or anything like not i don't want to take away steam from people who enjoy that type of gameplay you do you it's not for me i love really dopey effects like Morite. i think they're so fun i think they're so goofy and you sit down at a table with people and they're like what are you do what what yeah yeah exactly like so this this is the thing I, I, I you know, hey i've talked about my podcast blah, blah, blah like the my 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 idea my thought process for this is that like if you want to uh downgrade a deck or or bring something to the table that has more restrictions in it like there's numerous ways to restrict yourself mm-hmm. uh do a tribal theme do a specific theme in general ladies looking left dudes sitting in thrones so on right there's a lot of ways to do it um, I find that, like, yes, there are deceptively strong uncommon legendary creatures that, like, you definitely need to worry about. Like, Sir Conrad, I'll always talk about Sir Conrad forever. I had someone call me, I had someone say to me the other day that this is, like, a, a Sir Conrad sipping moment or, or show, and, uh, that's just fact. Uh, that card's just fantastic. It's, yeah. Um, but... I think if you do want to quote unquote, like put yourself in check or do something to downgrade the power of a deck or something is to not play the rare or mythic, uh, super crazy bonkers card that has card advantage or built in ramp or something like that. Um, you know, unless like, that's just simply not how you want to play your game, but you're, if you go back down, you know, you're bringing yourself down to earth, so to speak, by keeping yourself in check with these legends. Like, I think of, uh, we were going to try to talk about Sir Conrad, because that was what you offered, and I'm like, that's worth talking about again. Sir Conrad is a super sweet legendary creature. I absolutely adore that card. I think it's a cool deck to build around, like, to make a deck like that, of just goading your opponents. Let's have an interactive game where I force you to attack. That's a that's really cool true. thing. Um, not sir conrad carter the doom scourge yes sir con the i'll probably say sir conrad being sorry sir conrad 
being the if I mill you or anyone breathes or does whatever, then everyone potentially dies. That is a reality. Uh, yes. Carter Doomscourge being a legendary creature that does not have Goad, which I know Goad was a bit of a hot button recently, but yes. having Goad target up Goad all of your opponents rather than yes. the creatures, which I think is super cool because then like someone's hasty creature comes in and they have to attack and you could also build your around your deck to force your opponents to be able to attack if they don't have haste so um yeah you build uh, your deck around enabling haste for other players like and there's like super cool like like there were creatures that have been printed in the last few years that it's like uh your your creatures your opponents control can attack if they have haste if they don't attack you, they can gain menace. If they don't attack you, who knows what's going to come next? But, like, I hope it's, like, Death Touch or something. That also seems really cool. But the point being is, like, you could build a deck around something like Carter Doomscourge and find ways to bring Carter back or use him as just, like, a, a check for the table to be like, hey, everyone needs to get in the combat zone and, and, and get down on the ground and run at your opponents. Like, there's... um. Or you can put him in a Niv-Mizzet guild pact deck and blink him <laughs> to True. continually yeah, force exactly. combat. Like, there's... Like... like, yeah, but, like, my, my goal, my thought process is play an uncommon legend that appeals to you as a way to do one-fifth or one-third of an effect of another creature that you absolutely adore playing. Play Mr. Mm -hmm. Orfeo over Xenagos, God of Revels type of thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah, Mr. Oreo is a good Orfeo is a good uh, good example of that type of Mr. Or Mr. Oreo the cookie. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, like so. Yes, we, you could play Tatiova, for example, and Tatiova is a uh, uh, should probably be bumped up in rarity at some point just because how absolutely nutty the effect is. Yes, you yes. could play your land and draw your cards. You could ramp and draw cards and do all this and stuff. Like, right? look. We made it cost five in green, so so it's okay, right? How are you gonna get there? Uh, it it doesn't matter. Oh, I wonder how I'm gonna do that. But yeah, <laughs> it, it's like Marit and and some of the other contemporaries fit into that niche of like, okay, you're playing a commander that clones. How do you mm -hmm. go around building that? Is that a, a a necessarily powerful thing you can do? It can be but you have to jump through hoops to achieve it. And I find that more appealing yes. than I play my legend and it just does the thing. And I... Yeah, exactly. So it's... Yeah. Again, this feeds into, like, what do you expect to encounter when you sit down and play? Uh, and I have kind of eschewed, eschewed... I don't know how to say that word, and I'm trying to say it, but I have given up on, like, oh, I'm... I'm we have to sit down and have rule zero because somebody inevitably will underpower their deck and then sit down and like on turn three, draw their whole deck and Thassa's Oracle themselves. Like, okay, what? That's not underpowered. Um, so I, I have just veered into like, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to play this and I'm going to do my thing and maybe I'll get a, a merit lodge. I probably won't, but I'm going to have fun while doing it. Right. And for me, that's what jank lord that's what magic for me is all about it's just like maybe it's it's probably not the best but i'm having fun and so that counts more for me than sitting down and like having not to say i don't build more competitive style decks but i like that that slower speed of using a card because you like the effect and it's not the pinnacle of what you can do in those colors yeah, I, I, I am very much that kind of player. There was the recent conversation a lot of people are having about CDH on, on Twitter. And yes. that that buzzed for, for pretty much a whole day or two days or so where people were like, like let's just have the real conversation of like, is CDH appealing to you as a player? Because here are the expectations, right? Yes, it, it basically has a, a, a built-in rule zero where everyone should be coming out of the gate with the expectation that everyone's going to try to do their thing that makes them win very quickly. Mm -hmm. um, and, but, you know, the conversation continues of like, you know, is CEDH appealing to you? Uh, like, do you like playing the best of the best? Do you like 
playing well and effectively? Like, do you like improving yourself as a player to understand the lines of play to make you achieve that win? And the 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 wall that i feel it probably isn't as like as high as i think it is to to get into it um i don't feel personally very compelled to make the jump to to that level of play because i feel like i'd be losing a lot on what i find really appealing to just you know call it casual call it regular call it whatever you want um like just just commander where I don't feel like I should be really worrying too much over the first, like, maybe four or five turns. Like, I'm going to instantly just explode unless something crazy happens. But, like, usually I'm like, huh, turn five, we're all doing our stuff. I don't feel necessarily threatened for my life right now. I think, I and, and I'm doing my thing and I'm seeing some cool things happen. That's kind of where I personally really like being. And I, I don't know why it needs to be said, but, like, that's cool why is that a problem for some people some people want to play cdh some people want to play super janktastic ladies look left and some people just kind of want to jam with whatever with uh like their personal friends or whatever right like that, i don't know that's just edh in a nutshell regardless of what end of the the spectrum you want to be in it's uh yeah this, I mean, it feeds in to what we're talking about in Uncommon Legends not necessarily being cut from the highest tier. And it, you know, if you sit down to, to play at a table with a group of people and you don't have rule zero, inevitably, inevitably, the five color or the five cost changeling that, like, is copying a, a spirit lord is not gonna be efficient enough to keep up with somebody who's like, yeah, uh, it's not CEDH, but they sit down and they're playing a full bevy of your path to exiles, your you know mana crypts, yeah, everything that's like a hallmark of CEDH, and it's like, okay, all right, I get, I'm you know, I'll, I'll sit here and watch you play magic. Like, I feel like, I, I know that, I feel like the reason why there's so much negativity coming from either end towards, like, the other end, like, um, I, I know that, like, oh, you play a bunch of two mana rocks, you play mana crypt or mana vault or, or mm-hmm. something that, like, accelerates your, your boards there, right? Fast I see some people, or, yeah. or, uh, Jeweled, Jeweled Lotus, I know, is, like, a really big mm-hmm. hot button for some people. It's like, but, you know, I still do see some people play, um like really big six or seven mana value creatures that like really do need that boost to get in the game and like the the, for some people like they're like i built this deck around this five six seven eight ten mana value legend that needs that level of support it's just that most people if they see these cards they're like whoa 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 like what are you doing here they're like if i'm trying to like my deck wants to go because they they want to play with uh, 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 i can't really think of any particular creatures um uh Nigella. no <laughs> no not exactly what i had in mind but like i I'm, like something big and dumb and stupid that like oh right yes like the, yeah. it, it would take a while for them traditionally to get to but they're like, so like if i played a jewel like, lotus then omnath. like i get sure like like if you want to play big dumb seven mana omnath like that that requires a bit of assistance sometimes if you're able to hit that red zone by like turn three or turn four you throw out a a big old red green omnath locus of rage fantastic yep. i hate to be on the receiving end of it because i know how absolutely busted it can be but it's just yes. like that that's that's like my goal uh, of like if i played a mana vault even though I know it's kind of a ritual than like a like a ramp piece, like mm-hmm. I would use that to play super jank stuff rather than be like, oh uh, yeah sure like your Najilas or whatever where you want yeah to, you're like... low to the ground yeah yeah like oh I'm playing um, this mana vault so I can cast my Deluvium Primordial on turn five like two turns early right like I have much more fun 
in in that regard. And I don't despair of people who use high powered cards in their kind well, of no, because I feel I feel like for some like sometimes for certain ideas, there's there's pretty much an impossibility of like avoiding it because like you sometimes you want that mishmash of like you want I have my absolute janky cards that are like eight nine ten mana that like cannot work but in order for me to get them out i need to play uh, i don't know demonic tutor or like something you know something that like right would get people freaked out but then you're like uh here's my tutor target my 10 man or uh like i i i bring out uh raya dawn raya Dawnbringer. it's like I think she's like nine or ten mana. Like she's like at the yeah. beginning of your upkeep, reanimated creature. Like how else do you play a card like that besides reanimating it? You know, Raya Dawnbringer. That's exactly it. Yes. Yeah. It's a. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. So the, there's a fine line to walk, and everybody who builds a commander deck has a, a different way of going about building. That's what makes the game so fun. So I feel like the the rule zero is too late to have the discussion about power levels. If you want to sit down and have an even game, you have to have planned it ahead of time. So I think for me, Morite fills that lower curve. So if I sit down with a bunch of people who are like, we're going to play dumb fun decks. All right, this is the deck I'm bringing out. If I sit down with a group of people who are like, ah, it's kind of mid-power, I have decks for that as well. I, I don't have any CEDH decks, but if I sit down with a high-powered group of, of players, I'm going to pull out my what could be my fastest, meanest deck. And there are situations that are good for all. I think the issue that pops up is when someone claims their deck is not what it truly is. So oftentimes it's claiming it's far less powerful than it actually is. Or, you know, miss like, oh, it only comboed this time. Uh, it doesn't really go off like that, which totally is a legitimate thing. But then when it has, you know, they play it again and it's like the deck did the same thing on turn three that it did on the previous game. Like, fool me once, shame on... You, I, I don't know how the phrase goes. Shame on you. Fool me twice. Shame on me. Yeah, that's that that that's how the phrase works. Yeah, cool. It's, like so, here's like the way I look at it. It's like, um, uh, power level, uh, numbered scale. The discussion of like, what are the finer points of your deck? What's your goal? What's what's the turn you could reasonably do it? Like, you want to increase or decrease the variance of what your deck does. How do you achieve that? Do you put in more card draw? Do you put in less card draw? Do you put in tutors? Do you put in less tutors? Um, I, and I use, uh, you know, does your um, does your uh, do you use stacks as a control element or to lock people out? Do you use counter spells in abundance to be the fun police or to protect your stuff or to do like, you know, like what what is what is your intent? And I've talked about yes. intent and, and intent I know is a big thing. And it's like uh, my, I would say my decks are not overall that very strong and they probably get picked apart depending on the table they're at. My strongest deck has more interaction because I know that I need to have the flexibility at, at any point. Like I mm -hmm. need to, if I need to get an encounter spell war, if I need to protect my stuff, if I go to combat and I need to, prevent my creatures from being blown up or bounced away or something it's a it's a dedicated mono blue deck around thrix the sudden storm and nice uh that that thrix is awesome i love thrix the sudden storm so much it's so cool but my i i played it a few times and people were like wow this is really strong and then it gets into the discussion of like well why is it strong and it's like well i play more interaction does it does playing more interaction inevitably mean that it is a higher power level because of how you choose to interact with opponents? Like, is it dedicated counter spells? Is it bouncing stuff back to hand? Is it blowing up artifacts or enchantments? Like, there's way too much nuance to to put a definitive pin of like this is where the deck is on this scale. It's just yeah. impossible. And the other thing too is, um, 
there's just days where like even some of the people's most powerful decks that you hear about like the boogeyman or whatever sometimes their decks just don't work because of Mm -hmm. uh lack of luck on the draw or they like there's just there's so many variables of a typical four-player commander game whether they're strangers or people you know or not that like can lead to variably different experiences and if something is consistently happening maybe it's an indicator or something else but like in general you know most people are able to influence a game in some way it's just that when you add Mm -hmm. one two three additional people to the table the it goes off the charts of like what could potentially happen possibly everyone just like gets mana flooded and can't do anything else so everyone's just sitting there being like I, I have all these lands. Do you have anything else? No. Or they get screwed yeah. over, you know? Stuff like yeah. that happens. That That is magic in a nutshell, regardless of the power level. I, uh... Yeah. I, getting flooded or getting stuck, it always sucks. But with a hundred-card singleton, that is... I, I don't want to say that's a commonality, but it is going to happen more often than it's not going to happen. Right. And you might be able like a game might go on a long time and you might just have enough things to like hang on until finally, finally, finally you start drawing spells and you pop off. Right. And that's that's total. You can come back from a flood. Uh, It's much harder to come back from being stuck, especially if you miss like turn four or five or six in land drops. You just get so outpaced. But again, like you said, it's intent. How did you. What was the intent in putting the counterspell in your deck, right? I don't have a problem playing with counterspell, but if it's always aimed at one person or it's it's just to disrupt what other people are doing, I don't know that, like, if you had the rule zero discussion and now you're just policing the board, is that really where we wanted to end up? And are you happy with the result you've gotten out of the, like, the anger that you've stirred up in the people around you? And this isn't to blame the blue player. I, I'm not trying to, like say one person is culpable because there's certainly people like me too, who are like, I don't, sometimes I sit down and I don't contribute anything and far be it for me to say I'm devoid of emotion. I do get upset when I sit down and like want to have fun with my Morite deck. And I just can't because the table is too powerful for me. I and think, that's, yeah, like the, that's on me. Like read the room. <laughs> I think this is the other thing because uh, I, I know the conversation will, I think will always kind of continue on because it is definitely less a game thing and it's definitely more of the social personable thing uh, like between mm-hmm. yourself and other people. Um, uh, it, it, and I try not to make it a point to talk about controversy, but I will use it as an example of like, um, you know, uh, this is my deck. What does everyone think about it? And everyone's reactions to this particular deck was was pretty mixed. Um, so people are like, uh, yeah, this thing is like, if we do go by a number scale, it's a solid nine or a ten or whatever. Like, oh, it's like it's it, it's capable of doing X, Y, Z. So this is why it's such a good deck. And everyone's like, but it just plays like it plays, you know, these cards. So like, how is that an indicator if it's like really good or not? Um, yes. And, and the, I, it, like the, there's numerous things that you could go into it of like, Oh, the, it, but like, we're all making comparisons from our own personal experiences. Exactly. And, and exactly. that's, it, it's ultimately a heavily subjective thing where I look at, I look at some people's decks and I'm like, I have to think of what deck I could possibly play against it to feel as if I'm participating in the game at that same level and there's probably a level of like interactivity um whether that means there's combos or tutors or whatever that i i definitely feel as if like there's nothing that i intentionally build for myself that competes with what that deck is capable of and i'm pretty sure i will not enjoy that game and i have to actually objectively like make that there i think there's objective things of like there's a relative power level of a deck that is based off of people's experiences that you cannot properly assess from a subjective standpoint of like that deck is a seven, that deck is a five, that deck is uh CDH or whatever. 
Like, there, there's some definitive points where you can say yes and be objectively correct. And I think there are some things where you can be subjectively incorrect because it's the your personal opinion versus fact. Or like, what, like, whatever way you perceive a deck. But I think there's a lot of points where people have to actually be like, um, the decks I build that I intend for a certain experience, like a play experience, cannot actually compete against that deck because of a lack of interaction or it's too slow or whatever like it, and it it's good to be honest with yourself about it rather than going out in public yes. and being like oh well, it's uh, this like just just sit down and be like you know is this play experience that i'm getting myself into going to be fun not just for myself from being able to attempt to play but is this creating enough of a challenging experience to the opponents that are looking for that type of experience yes yes i again you know, it all comes down to like a personal experience. It, you you can sit down. I think the easiest way to manufacture the style of play you want to is to find other people who want to play that exact same way. If you're sitting down to queue with random people, there's no guarantees you're going to have any sort of steady gameplay. If that what if that what is what you're looking for, right? There's going to be huge variance between what your deck is capable of and what your opponent's deck is capable of. And instead of, you know, we obviously we're talking about it right now. This has been the discourse on Twitter and Reddit and, you know, it comes and goes in cycles. We'll inevitably visit it again in a, another year when some busted zero cost legend is printed that has haste and like, in fact, like that's going to happen. Maybe not that extreme, but you know what I mean? And it's going to be like, what is happening to this format? And how do we gauge power levels? And how do we enforce power levels? And you can't. You can't. You cannot enforce power levels. You can't if you're going to sit with random people. And I think instead of just getting upset that your stuff is being psychonic rifted, like maybe find a way to build a better deck. Or, you know, move tables, find a different play group, find your people. There's, there's, I, I, I have not been keeping statistics of, of how many magic players there are, how many, you know, how many people are in, in a particular discord server or yes. uh, like whatever, right? Like there are thousands upon millions of magic players. I have no doubt language barriers aside, I imagine with some trial and error that you can find a group of people or a community of people that you vibe with that are like, I also would love to play a certain kind of uh, tone of game or speed of game or whatever metric that you could possibly conceivably think of and be like, yeah, I want to play like pre-con level. I mean, granted pre-cons lately have been bangers, uh but but like i want to play like pre-con level commander with you how do we go about achieving that uh i grab a pre-con and uh and we just jam it you know like figure it out and if something uh, like the other thing too i i think especially when it comes to certain people that are engaged with people in the community sometimes i've heard where people are like my deck isn't doing what it needs to do. I will tune and optimize it up to be able to do the thing. And then I have other people that are like, the thing is too good at doing that thing. I want to depower it in some way. How do I go about doing that? How do I make it, um, like, do I cut out Banarox or draw? Do I replace the creature with a inferior version? Like, there are so many different avenues of engaging with other people from deck creation to how you uh, structure your your rule zero pre-game conversation um you know either you're with a group of people that you're familiar with so the 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 how you go about that makes it a lot easier of like yes yeah you, ha- you have found the language you can communicate with these people and they reciprocate uh yeah um the, it's Again, it's so subjective. It's so hard to put limits on what other people play, especially if they enjoy it. And and like and th- you know, the, like the thing is, is people uh, you 
what what are you really in the game for? Like we we talk about Magic the Gathering often as a game, and and we we often misdirect things as it being a game. This is a game issue. This is a design issue. Um, and and really, it's like there's been more times than not, uh, and there's always going to be bad experiences with certain people. I feel like there's there's just no way to avoid it, but. There's been times I've been on the receiving end of of just a bad game experience, but I can't. I'm still laughing and howling because of either the circumstances or the people that I'm with that makes it far more enjoyable. And it's yes. again, it is the gathering that is way more important than the magic part. But I mean, we yes. all we all love the magic part at the end of the day. So. Oh yeah, well we wouldn't be there if it weren't for the magic, right? That's that's what caused the gathering. <laughs> so. I uh, yeah. Uh, and in the end, I think that should be the main focus. Like, yeah, you might get kicked out real soon. You might take over a game. You could be on any end of this spectrum. And typically, you will find yourself on one end or the other. That's the thing we have to remember is it's not all one way. But, like, this is, for me, the biggest draw is to sit down with a group of people and have something we can all laugh and have fun with. And the quicker the mood sours, the less likely that's going to happen. So I think I have personally taken great strides to kind of like level out my reaction to negative emotions. And that's not for everybody, but it helps, right? To like be able to step back and be like, well, you know what? Like temper, hey, temper, you. temper your expectations for one. Exactly. Right? Exactly. And, and be don't like, go in mm-hmm. thinking the game has to go this way. And if it doesn't, uh, it's over. I hate everything and I'm mad. And, and I used to be that way. I used to be so reactionary. And so John can attest to this. I was a, a little whiny crybaby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'd I, like to think I've taken big strides, but yeah, I'm, I'm the, I, I admittedly am the guy I, I am the I, I've been known to be the salty motherfucker who's like, mm-hmm. you, I can't believe you fucking did that to me. How dare you? I can't. I'll, I'll, I, you know, like oh, really that, get into it. I, intend, you, to like, I yeah. intend to like act it up to be part of like the bit because I know that I am that person of just like I got to I, I got to be the salty bitch. So I'm going to ramp up the the reaction because it is a little bit funny to just be that guy that's just like. How dare you slight me this way? I will slight yeah. you. And it's just yeah. It, of it, course it's, you attack me first. Like it's okay. just easier to it's easier to really just like go with the flow and make and make fun of the stuff that happens. Like I was uh uh for for example uh for this particular week this episode's coming out. I was over on uh the MM cast stream and we were playing Artisan Commander and I was playing Lozan Dragon's Legacy. And uh, she's a really cool, is it dragon that cares about dragons and adventures that deals damage equals to the mana value of like the spell when it's cast. And for the first, I don't know, five or six turns, I was just like sitting there ramping and like setting up and everyone's like, all right, I'll attack you. Okay. I'll attack you. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, I'm putting myself in this position intentionally probably could have, exactly. could have played a propaganda maybe, but I was like, no, no, you know what? I'll just, uh, I'll take my L. I will ramp to like 12 mana and uh, cast some dragons. And uh, it, it, it was a really fun experience to play with strangers, especially. Um, but ultimately have a challenge and a goal and be like, yeah, you know what? I did build the deck this way. I might as well just like take my 12, 15, 20 damage first. And uh, okay, now we're in business. So let's, let's get to it. And that's just, that's just magic in general. Yep. That is exactly magic. I mean, this this whole discussion has basically existed since the inception. Like, oh, that's too as, overpowered. I don't as, Richard to Garf- as Richard Garfield intended. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Super balanced. Um, and then there's the flip side of that. Like, well, just build a better deck. Like, if, if you want to sit down and play, there's a middle ground. It's hard to convince people that there is. But... At the end of the day, find it like, yeah, t- temper your expectations and just have fun. You know, or don't. you know, I got I got I to gotta say, you know, uh, my podcast and many other podcasts like 
not just mine, like ma- like magic podcasts in general, people that talk about like tabletop or horror or fantasy or whatever their genre or subject of choices. But like, you know, people are pretty, pretty fucking cool. And yes, uh, like I've had the joy of having quite a few different people and, and quite a few other people that I'm hoping to have on the podcast in the future that are just like, I, I, I talk with these people and I talk with you and I'm like, these are really cool people that, uh, not just like with magic, like being able to interact and learn, uh, and communicate with other people has been a really fun, cool experience where I get to meet and interact with a lot of people. And, uh, I, I know I'm quite a, decently social person i know socialization like you know some people are very introverted and get very exhausted but yes i I think people in general are pretty cool and can lead to really cool life lifelong experiences if you uh if you put yourself out there even if it's exhausting or not and uh like yeah it's it's definitely like the gathering part of of magic the gathering of of interacting with a lot of people being like yeah magic's cool and then you get to know people and you get to chat with them every once in a while and be like, hey, how's it going? How's life? You know, when uh, mm-hmm. there's no real endpoint. It's just uh, to this to this point. It's just cool. People are cool. Uh, and and Joe, like you are uh, a very cool person to chat with. I've been super oh, enthralled with this whole conversation this entire time. Um and, well, right back at you. <laughs> and and like what what you and everyone else uh like Quest for the Jank Lord like do to to create like this very campy absolutely audacious like performance of 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 playing magic to appease uh, a demon. Yes. Know, like <laughs> what a what a fun concept and and all of you guys put the great fantastic effort in and uh I just find that ridiculously entertaining um and so thank you joe and 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 john and everyone else for for being you and doing what you do because i just think it's just super cool well i'm gonna take all the credit and say you are welcome (laughs) no one else is here so they can't so uh well it turns out i'm actually a very arrogant piece of shit so (laughs) hey guys advertise it on friday so this is what happened hey joe you wanna you want to talk about that that was edited and doctored. Uh, I did not say any of those things. Um, oh, so how do we... Uh, we're coming up to the hour. How how do we sum up basically all of this? I mean, I think the thing is, at the end of the day, is that uh, we, we we need to continue to to communicate to other people. Yes. Um, yeah, whether that that's means, all it is. <laughs> whether that means I communicate that I dislike Simic by itself, but will you add another color on top of it? I'm... It, and I'm it's totally for, fine. Yeah, I'm there for <laughs> yeah. it. Then we're we're good to go. Teamer, Bant, Simic, uh, not Simic, uh, Sultai, like fantastic. Sultai, we're yep. We're good to go. Uh, Simic by itself, we got some problems, but that's a me problem. <laughs> but yeah, like, yes. You know, I, I think that is the the summary of this whole discussion. Is it's it's subjective. That's all it is. I'm gonna rock out with Morite, and you know. Or, or like you just said, Lausanne, like I, that's, that's totally fine. It's totally fine. But you have to understand that if you're going to show up like that, you can't expect that every encounter you have is going to go your way. And it's ridiculous to think that everyone's going to show up with, with a uncommon commander that oh, you yeah. drop on <laughs> turn five. Like you can't, that's a really ridiculous expectation. So it's subjective calm down, adapt, whatever it takes, just find a way to enjoy the gathering, right? I think that's what it comes down to. And th- that's what this podcast is. We have gathered together to, to put together, a, I think, a wonderful show and a really interesting discussion. And that's my final piece. I'll, that, I'll be done after that. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. So, yeah, I think that will wrap up uh, the conversation today. We talked about Marit, Simic, and uh how how to navigate and assess like a playing commander uh, at any power level subjective as that may be and um and and joe thank you for coming on and chatting with me today it was super fantastic having you on thank you for having me on i enjoyed it uh so joe where can people find you and what you do and uh, possibly maybe just some hints or sneak peeks of what's coming up next yes uh we 
can be found, Janklord can be found on YouTube and also on Twitter. Just look up Janklord. Um, that's basically it. You will find us. And if you're like, what is this goofy, goofy, weird thing that I'm watching? That's Quest for the Janklord. If that's your reaction, then you have found Quest for the Janklord. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so uh, go go check everyone out there. I'll be putting links to all that in the description of the episode. And yeah, that is a wrap for today's episode. We'll talk to you on the next one.